Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 9th of December, 2020. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. Well, once again, quite a few things happening in the space world. Uh, yesterday, I broke out one of the old cameras I had uh, used a long time ago to take pictures of space uh, things, satellites, meteorites, things like that. And I had to try to learn again how to, what settings I needed to do to uh, point it up t- toward the sky at night again. So I was testing that out. And luckily last night I had uh, two cool passes. The X-37B space plane passed in the early evening. It was pretty dim. It was only like a magnitude of 0.5. And then the space station passed about 20 minutes after that. So I was playing around with the settings and I was able to capture a couple of the uh, trails, you know, the light trails that when the uh, shutter is left open for a length of time, you'll get that trail rather than just a, you know, a pixel of white uh, light. So it was successful, but I did not have a tripod, so it kind of was squiggly. But I did, was able to capture the X-37B. A lot dimmer than the space station, but the space station. So I got them both. That was kind of cool. So I'll be playing around with that camera uh, in the near future to uh, get some more space shots. Okay, yesterday we were waiting to see if the SpaceX Starship, that's the spacecraft that Elon Musk is going to be using uh, to take people to Mars. And the Starship, it was Starship SN8, waited, I guess some people waited for 10 hours or more uh, with live feeds on YouTube and things like that. So I was watching one of the live feeds, and uh, I I only turned it on about 15 minutes before the, the space, the Starship was supposed to do a test flight. I guess this test flight is going to incorporate about a 40,000-foot uh, flight into the into the air. We'll see how that goes, but it didn't happen yesterday. With one second left, it, it auto aborted. So today they're going to try it again. So I'm watching. I'm watching some of the speeds right now uh, of the uh, Harp Hopper and uh, Starship SN8 is going to be test flying today. Hopefully, possibly up to forty thousand feet. So I'll report about that on the next space gap. Well, about four hours ago, it was tweeted out that uh, Israel to the Moon said, "We are proud to announce that Bereshit 2 is going to head to the Moon in the first half of 2024. It will include two landers, each of which will carry out experiments on the surface of the Moon, and an orbiter that will stay for several years." You may remember their first Moon expedition craft. When it was land, attempting to land on the moon, crashed onto the moon. Uh, they weren't sure right off the bat if if the thing had made a hard landing, but after further investigation, it looked like the, there was a, there was more debris than uh, would have come from a hard landing. 
So they determined it was basically a crash. And so now they're announcing they're going to attempt a moon landing again in 2024. It'll be very good to watch, very good to watch. We'll wait and see. Well, China's lunar lander has completed its mission, and the Ascension module, as if you've been following this story, uh, took off from the lunar surface and rendezvoused and docked with the orbiter and uh, store, stowed away the container that contains the lunar samples. So they were able to do that, and they put it into the um, the Ascension module, transferred it to the return module, and so the return module now has those lunar samples safely stowed. So the Ascension module was done with its mission, so it separated from the orbiter, and China provided some commands, and the Ascension module landed, is what they said, but basically probably crash-landed, crashed into the moon's surface. Uh, mission complete for that. Now, the uh, Chang'e 5 will do whatever it needs to do to get into the proper orbit, and the return module will be on its way back to Earth with the lunar samples, and that's going to be pretty exciting to witness uh, once that comes down. And I'm going to be talking here in a few minutes about another uh, capsule that returned to Earth successfully. But th- it was really interesting to watch these uh, Chang'e 5's uh, mission. And uh, there was a lot of am- amateur astronomers and amateur radio operators that were following the signals that were being sent out by uh, the Chang'e 5 uh, orbiter and the Ascension module as it was going around the moon. I was following quite a bit of that and, and posting some things on on the internet, and but it was kind of cool. It was a kind of a different way to actually watch the spacecraft when you couldn't actually visual, visually visually see them. You could watch the Doppler effect being uh, created on their frequencies, so you knew if they were, you know, w- they were moving. They're actually moving, and uh, it was kind of cool to watch. But the uh, Chang A five Ascension module. Now on the moon permanently and waiting for the return module to make it here uh, on Earth in a re-entry and hopefully a soft landing and they can retrieve those lunar samples to be divvied out to different organizations. Yesterday, China launched an optical stereo mapping satellite and, well, actually it, it did happen on, they reported on it yesterday, but I guess it happened on Sunday. Uh, they used their upgraded version of the country's Long March 3B rocket with extended payload shroud to deliver the Earth imaging spacecraft into an orbit 300 miles above the Earth. You don't always hear, it's not like NASA, they're not always, if something goes up in China sometimes it's, it's a secret and, uh, they just don't, they don't talk about it until the news media allows it to be leaked out, uh, and this one was leaked out and, and told to the world with video and the whole thing. I know there was, I saw some videos from different angles. It, it appears that there are some uh, space geeks there in China who like to, you know, they know something's going to be happening, so they'll go out there with their camera risking whatever, I guess, and they'll be taking uh, snapshots and videos of, of these launches. I saw one that somebody got up really close in the mountains there, 
near the launch site and took some really fabulous uh, rocket uh, shots. I mean, you, you, you saw all the, the steam and things and all the uh, smoke and everything coming up, and then all of a sudden you just see this massive capsule, like it's right in front of your nose there, taken off. But you know, I don't know who these people are that, that risk it, and I don't know what, if they get caught what happens to them. But uh, I sure do appreciate it when those people do share cool space images like that. Well, I guess the Air Force will be officially renaming Florida's Patrick Air Force Base and Cape Canaveral Air Force Station uh, to, what is it, Patrick Space Force Base and Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in the near future. That'll be uh, interesting to see. I know um, those names are going to be associated with the Space Force, and I know there's been some rumors, and, you know, people are always talking talking stuff when an election happens, and people were saying, well, don't worry about this, uh, the new president's going to abolish the Space Force, and so I guess, you know, stranger things have happened, so I, just, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with this new administration. And But for the time being, it's, it's announced that those name changes are going to be happening to uh, for Patrick and Cape Canaveral. I did, you know, I used to go TDY down to Patrick and Cape Canaveral quite a bit, also Vandenberg Air Force Base, when I supported the space industry. And uh used to drive around. Really good memories uh, for, for those locations. You know, I don't care what their name, it, just, it was just cool to be there. And uh, I really cherish those memories. General Chuck Yeager passed away a few days ago. He was the... Uh, Test pilot who was the first to break the sound barrier, and his accomplishments were many. But uh, sad news, General Chuck Yeager passed away. Okay, to talk about another capsule that made it back to Earth safely with samples. This time, samples from the asteroid Ryugu, Hayabusa 2, the, from the uh, Japanese Space Agency, made it back to Earth safely, and I followed that quite extensively. So did a lot of people. And, you know, there was live coverage as the capsule returned through the atmosphere to uh, Woomera, Australia is where it landed. And you got to see the fireball that was created with the capsule entering, re-entering the atmosphere. They had it live, and quite a show, quite a fireball uh, was displayed. And then the helicopter took off, and they were tracking the capsule. I guess when the capsule did land, uh, it sent out a beacon, and they were able to zero in on the beacon, and people were following the, the helicopter path when they did discover it. And quite a few photos were shared of the recovery by the recovery team of them loading it into the helicopter, the, the ca carrying the capsule, and showing the parachute and that had carried the capsule back down. But... Uh, those were transported uh, back to Japan into the research lab where they are now. And then I got to, I, I attended a uh, press conference, the first one that the Japanese uh, space agency provided to give an update on the return capsule and, and the samples. They had not opened up the capsule yet because I guess... A lot of people just figure, and I did too, they would just open it up, but no, they've got to go through, I mean, they, a long process before they can even open up those, that capsule to expose the, uh, 
uh, the uh, asteroid samples to the air, and sometimes it won't even be exposed to the air. They were showing in this uh, news conference the layout of the lab and all the different uh, things that, that the processes that this capsule must endure. They're going to be putting in nitrogen, nitrogen atmosphere. They're going to be putting it in a vacuum atmosphere and the whole bit. And they'll be, you know, taking these things out without human hands touching it. So there's no contamination. First, they evacuated some of the gas from the capsule and were able to capture that and study that. But it was a very interesting news conference I was watching. I actually, I asked a question. Um, but unfortunately, there were so many other people there at the news conference. I was attending it via, you know, video. And uh, they never did answer my question. I was asking them if um, if they would be surprised if they found any other material uh, foreign to the uh, asteroid Ryugu, uh, which, because you know you always find a lot of material on Mars, on the on the Moon that didn't actually come from Mars or the Moon. Other meteorites, just like meteorites land here on Earth. So I would assume that they would also be able to find material that came from other asteroids uh, that landed on the asteroid Ryugu. I did ask them that question, but unfortunately, like I said, they, they didn't answer that. Uh, they just didn't have time. But it sure was interesting to watch that, that press conference and, and how they, they stepped through all the processes that they're going to go through to maintain uh, this, this sample, you know, just maintain its integrity and just do it right. Uh, before they actually share some of the material with other nations, as they said they were going to do. So, uh, Hayabusa 2, a safe, uh, it's capsule back, back here, safe on Earth. Here's a story that I was pretty surprised when I, I saw it. And I haven't, you know, read much about it yet, but I guess the former Israeli, Israeli space security chief uh, revealed that Aliens from a galactic federation have been in contact with the U.S. and Israel for years, but humanity isn't ready to know this. I'll tell you, Twitter UFO went crazy. People were just going nuts over this. They were just cheering, I could just tell. But I'm not going to talk much about it because you pretty much know my feelings about things like that. I mean... This 87-year-old ex-space security chief, you know, says that the Galactic Federation representatives have been, you know, in conference with U.S. officials and Israeli officials, but we just, you know, we're not ready to understand and and know about this at this time. Hmm, what will come of this? Another SpaceX uh, Dragon cargo capsule has docked with the International Space Station. Uh, they're bringing more than three tons of supplies and a commercial airlock and holiday treats for the lab's seven-person crew. Just It was another uh, successful launch and uh, rendezvous for SpaceX Dragon, the cargo capsule this time. And uh, it's... Uh, just all automated pretty much just it just does its thing and uh, they always provide really cool video when all this is going on from both the international space station looking out at the spacex dragon and the spacex dragon looking back at the international space station i'm always amazed at the the photos that come back really really nice especially if the sun is is shining just right 
on on both their uh, spacecraft. It's um it's really cool to look at. I'm glad they share things like that. But so now they're going to have some holiday treats, uh, a new airlock where they can uh, do experiments out out of. I guess they the airlock once it's installed onto the ISS, the astronauts can uh, provide and put experiments into that airlock and seal it up and then uh, expose them to to space you know once that you know then then they don't have to actually go out there on their own i you may remember that sometimes if a uh, small satellite needed to be launched um, by a crew member an experiment maybe was put together by one of the astronauts or an astronaut team they would actually have to do a spacewalk uh to release that satellite or that experiment but uh now with this airlock they can just do what they need to do with the experiments and put them in this airlock and then seal the airlock off from the space station itself and then open uh the other portion of the airlock and then you know send this experiment or satellite out into space so it makes it a lot easier because they won't have to do these these spacewalks now i remember one time they the uh, astronauts had assembled a satellite in the International Space Station, and I was following that and hoping to track that satellite. I can't remember the name of the satellite, but I was hoping to track it, as many others were also, the radio signals. And uh, they, they let it go. They, went, they put it together inside the space station, and they did a spacewalk uh, to do some other work on the space station. And then along with those tasks, they also released this satellite that they finished and and put together inside the ISS. And they released it, and we waited and waited and waited, and I go, nothing. (laughs) I sure hope that they turned on the on switch. So I don't know what happened. We didn't hear much about that uh, assembly and release. But we never, nobody ever did hear from that satellite again. So I don't know if, you know, maybe it's, maybe someone has that information, but I sure, I do, I sure don't. And finally, on SpaceCab, wow, the SpaceX Starlink satellite trains have made the news. I'll tell you, so many stories uh, I could I could see from across the nation. People are noticing these these SpaceX Starlink satellites that are set up there by uh, SpaceX to provide you know internet uh, ac- access to different portions of the world, and uh, just I mean. Recently, my wife and I saw them for the first time also. We just saw, I, I would imagine, 40 to 60 of those satellites go across the sky in, you know, a, a, like a train as they call, they're calling them. But I mean, unbelievable. They went almost directly over our, our place here. And I got some, a few photos. Uh, they were pretty bright. You could see them very well with the naked eye, but a lot of people, I mean, our local news was full of stories. People were seeing these lights and things like that. I, I had thought that they were going to be using a less reflective material to make these satellites or painting them with something, but apparently these last few uh, launches, they didn't do that because they sure were bright to see as they went over the sky, as they orbited over the different towns. A lot of people saw them. There was a lot of people saying, what are those lights? And there was all kinds of stuff going on. And I know news stories were going everywhere, trying to figure out what they were, going to experts, asking them what they were. And some people knew what they were, and a lot of people didn't know what they were. But, yeah, the Starlink uh, satellites are creating quite a stir as they, they travel over each town uh, in America and elsewhere. 
Uh, kind of cool to see. So, well, that's it. Until next time. Some people call me the space cowboy. Play that drug.